From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. And tonight, Elaine, the doctor is in again. Oh, boy, one of our favorite people with us here tonight, Dr. Jim Henman. And uh, we're just going to be uh, exploring the depths of what it means to be born again and perceptual filters and flashlights and lanterns and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Ah, I tell you, we do, it's pleasure. Our that favorite stuff, you I know bet. Good stuff here. All right, uh, Pastor Mike Douglas with you again, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and, of course, our prayer intercessor. And $400 for my nose, and now my mouth doesn't work out. Um, our prayer intercessor, <laughs> the inimitable Mr. Owl with us as well. Before I get into too much trouble, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a story of real-life Jesus freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. Consider this recent chain of events in Pakistan. Mahir, a VOM contact, distributes 55 New Testaments. That day, five Hindus are baptized. That evening, 15 Muslim fanatics force Mahir out of the village. The same mob then pays a visit to Kishan, a former Hindu. Kishan tells them how Christ has brought wonderful changes to his life. They listen and leave without incident. But later, Kishan's son is attacked and beaten. In the meantime, Kishan's testimony penetrates the hearts of Bashir, one of the Muslim fanatics. Bashir and his family all accept Jesus Christ as Savior. For more true stories, go online to persecution.com. You know, we throw around Romans 8.28 a little bit flippantly. You know, mm-hmm. all things work to, to the good. But, you know, and, and Jesus told us it would be like this, didn't mm-hmm. he? It's, it's, uh, you know, the, the, he's not surprised. He, he's not mm-hmm. surprised at all. And, and I, you know, I think we do uh, people a disservice with this gospel of happiness, you know, that uh, everything will work out great, will be prosperous. And I think it's one of the things the enemy really counts on. Mm. The enemy counts on mm. is that lie. Because yeah. nowhere in, in Scripture is, is God saying anything other than, if you're going to pick up my cross and join me, uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And all the examples... As blessing as as their lives were, were tough. If you think of of of, of Paul and Peter and and Stephen and and you know on and on and on, oh this is not uh, prosperity, um, wealth, you know, 
money loves me, you know, yeah. kind of, yeah. of, of uh, it, it's just not that way. I wonder how those guys can do that, you know, just. I, I suppose the monetary. You mean the prosperity. Story, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, just uh, well. Anyway, let's well, actually, move on. You know, actually, you know, uh, yeah. C.S. Lewis uh, in in uh, Screw Tape Letters. Yes, yes. Where yes. the senior demon is talking to the junior demon about how to best be a demon. Right. His point is get them onto any subject. Doesn't matter what subject. Anything other than Christ and mm. Him crucified. Mm. And you've made progress. Mm-hmm. And even if it seems like a positive, like prosperity, name it, claim it. If you have enough faith, you can move a mountain. And it's true. If that mountain is God's will for that mountain to move and you pray it, that mountain will move. That's right. But it's not going to move if it's not God's will. He's not a bellhop. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, that's a, so a, a, absolutely. And you know, is, don't you think it's – and we'll, we'll – we're going to get to Brad Dacus in just a minute what, before I forget this yes. thought. You know, and many years ago, I would not have forgotten the thought. But, you know, the short-term memory thing starting right. to bug me a little bit. Okay. But anyway. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> C.S. Lewis, I think, in the screw tape letters, just shows a, a, a breathing of the Holy Spirit Absolutely. into his life and consciousness. How can you write something that incredible, that insightful, and not have the Holy Spirit just moving inside of you? In I don't believe you can. Isn't that incredible? I, it's an incredible it's work. Amazing. I mean, he, he captures, doesn't he, the way it probably works, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. you know, from mm-hmm. the way that, we'll, that we we'll see it. We'll have to do a show sometime just on, on those Wouldn't that be great? Let's do that. Let's do Wouldn't that. that be awesome? Yes. Yeah, yes. That, that would be. Well, that's a show for another time. Right now, let's check in with Brad Dacus in the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Brad Dacus. The enthusiasm for our national motto is spreading. After Pacific Justice Institute successfully defended in God We Trust on our money before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, several more cities in California and nationwide are officially supporting our motto. Cities like Irwindale, California have unanimously voted to support the national motto. Now, Ontario, California has voted to support and display in God We Trust despite threats of a lawsuit from the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Well, PGI reminds Ontario and all cities that it will defend them free of charge if they are sued for supporting our motto. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and the doctor is in tonight. Jim Hinman joins us, and we'll be uh, joining him in just a moment. Some very uh, important stuff, and we can't wait to get to that. But first, let's take a look at uh, some opportunities for you to volunteer from the Volunteer Center of the United Way. If you love camping, and it's that time of the year, certainly, Cap, Camp Jack Hazard. I don't know where they got this name, but I'm sure there's a, a story where this came from. Maybe I think it was a man's certain, name. Was it? Okay. Yeah. 
I'm sure there's a, a story behind so that. So for me, I don't know Jack about camping, and but sure Jack has a lot about it. It can be hazardous. Hazards, <laughs> and hopefully it's not hazardous. To I'll have to tell you a story about that. camping sometime. <laughs> when, was it a uh, hazard? I mean, it was. Well, In fact, I may tell it, but go ahead because this is really important. Camp Jack Hazard, and, and this really might be your thing because you can share some fun-filled days and nights with uh, the youth at the residential summer uh, and it just might change your life. And there's volunteer assistant counselors uh, are needed to interact and, and supervise youth uh, throughout a four-day and three-night rookie session or a seven-day, six-night resident session during the July through August 15th season. Now, programs include summer resident camp for campers ages 18 to 14, uh, leaders in training for those 15 to 16, Rookies ages 6 to 10 and special three-day, two-night overnight hiking, camping trips. Uh, volunteers and youth participate in outdoor activities, rock climbing, uh, rappelling, hiking, uh, river exploring, fishing, blind walks, uh, all kinds of fun to be had. Arts and crafts, painting, sculpting, tie-dyeing, jewelry, uh, just a tons of fun here. Kitchen assistants are also needed. Uh, teen volunteers ages 16 and 17 especially encouraged to participate in this. Adults must complete a background check. Camp Jack Hazard's intent is to have fun and cultivate a healthy mind, body, and spirit, as well as to model and teach the four core values of honesty, caring, respect, and responsibility. Also, community hospice is in need for some volunteering. Uh, Trucking for hospice invites Whoa. bikers and uh, car enthusiasts, truckers, to rev it up and raise funds for community hospice uh, for San Joaquin on Saturday, July 31st, presented by the California Trucking Association. Uh, this ninth annual motorcycle car rally event begins in Stockton and travels through the Mother Lode with unique stops along the 100-mile ride, complete with refreshments. Uh, it's a chance to win great prizes and concludes with a fabulous barbecue. Uh, music, raffle, drawing, and Modesto taking place. Volunteers ages 16 years and older are needed to help out with the event cleanup, teardown of tables, chairs, and all kinds of things taking place at this event. 3.30 p.m., individuals and businesses are invited to uh, become a sponsor for this event with a variety of sponsorship levels available. Since 2002, 3,600 riders uh, have raised approximately $400,000. Wow. That's a chunk of change. Uh, in anybody's book, terminally ill patients during their final days benefiting from this, providing in-home care or caring for patients at community hospices, Alexander Cohen Hospice House or Hospice of San Joaquin's Hospice House. I encourage you to get involved with this. I will uh, always be grateful for community hospice mm. in a, a very personal way as they uh, uh, took care of my mom during her last. They season. do a wonderful job. Wonderful, you know, wonderful I job. do do a lot of funerals and and memorials. I have never had a family come to me and say, "Well, that was a bad experience." Right. You know, right. to a family, mm -hmm. and uh, like you, Elaine, our our family has has taken advantage of that, and they are absolutely incredible. You both bet. my dad and my my father-in-law both mm -hmm. had hospice, yes. oh, yeah. and they were both very positive yeah. experiences. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, the Stanislaw County Library, where you can interact with young children and their caregivers during the Wiggle Worms Story Hour. 
Now, Wiggle Worms combines age appropriate stories and movement activities that provide essential pre reading skills for children ages two years and younger. Uh, volunteers uh, ages 18 years and older are needed to assist the children's department staff with setup and cleanup and kind of greeting attendees, distributing, collecting, and sanitizing rhythm instruments and all those sorts of things. Orientation and training is provided. Volunteers must have good people skills, enjoy young children, and working quickly with accuracy, being able to push, bend, stretch, lift, and kneel, and of course pass a background check. The mission of the Stanislaw County Library is to foster the love of reading and open the door to knowledge. If you have any questions on any of these items, we uh, encourage you to call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email Barbara. She's at bborba at uastand.org. And uh, here at AVC, we've had a run on medical-type equipment mm. the last day or so. We need a four-wheel walker with a seat needed for a man who just had four back surgeries. Wow. Can you imagine? His, his sweet wife a is his lot caregiver. of surgery. I Ooh. can't imagine four back surgeries. Just unreal. But he, he's requesting that they have a, this, this uh, walker has a brake, brake system on it. And so <laughs> I talked to him today, just a sweet man, and his wife also. She's his caregiver. We have a local medical center here that needs a shower bench for one of their patients uh, leaving the facility. So if you have any of these types of uh, equipment to donate, please give us a call. An air conditioning unit went out uh, on a mobile home of a senior widow that we know. In fact, ABC built a wheelchair ramp for her a couple of years ago. And lots of opportunities like this one exist to help those who can't keep cool. So uh, if you want to donate a window unit for someone who is literally baking friends mm. in these mobile home units, please give us a call. Uh, we also have a single mom who needs a crib for her baby girl who will be born before the end of this month. Oh. And she needs a baby crib for that little child. Call us at 209-544-9571, and we will connect those items to the places they need to go. Well, when we tossed around the idea, Jim, of being born again, um, the, uh, the question Nicodemus asked Jesus in John chapter 3, and Jesus says, unless you become born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That, that came to my mind. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. started, you know, all the mm -hmm. questions that, that we go through. And, and don't we all experience uh, becoming saved or becoming born again in different ways? And we all mm -hmm. become mm -hmm. saved when we accept the Lord Jesus into our lives and, and we become saved. But it conjures up all kinds of questions for us and thoughts. And we remember back to the time when we, you know, we say we gave our lives to mm -hmm. Christ or mm -hmm. we accepted him into Went our forward hearts. and took right. that step. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. It might have been at a Billy Graham crusade. Mm -hmm. It might have been wherever it was that you dropped to your knees and you said, Lord Jesus, I need you. Um, what a topic. Mm -hmm. What an idea. What a thought. You know, Jim, today... The phrase carries a lot of, but carries a bad rap with it. Mm. You know, I mean, a, a lot of people who are anti-God and, you know, born again just throws a red flag in front of them like in front of a bull. 
and uh, they're 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 ready to charge. But let's uh, let's kind of unpack that a little mm-hmm. bit and see what Jesus really had in mind. And um, you know, talk to a lot of people. Yeah, I'm saved. Yeah, I got born again, and and yet you don't see the fruit, you know, uh, of, of of the spirit in their lives. So let's kind of unpack that. Mm-hmm word phrase born again what does it mean what did jesus have in mind and and how does that roll out in the 21st century well you know first of all we've talked in the past about survival software Mm -hmm. that comes from our old nature from birth to the time that we do accept him as our savior and we learn all kinds of things for survival value they have value but they're not healthy. They were healthy, as healthy as you could get in the original setting where it was learned, but it isn't healthy today. If you are growing up in Sarajevo or uh, Beirut or uh, Baghdad or Afghanistan, uh, you're going to approach being outdoors very differently than if you're in Modesto. Right. And it makes sense to do so. But if you take that learning from Baghdad and try to apply it in Modesto, you're seen as odd. You're seen as there's something wrong with you. In that same way, when we're born again, the very thing that has left most, if not all of us as human beings, feeling there's something missing, there's something wrong with us, somehow at the core we're not really what we should be what we want to be there's something wrong with us and that is such a universal feeling but actually what's wrong is that we were intended to be in relationship with God and so that God-shaped vacuum that we were made with when that's not being filled with God there is something missing there is something wrong but that's what's wrong, is that we're missing God. So you got that God-shaped hole. Got that God-shaped vacuum, that God-shaped hole. And, and we've seen so many times, Elaine, uh, in, in our service in the community, given that vacuum, given mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. hole there, mm-hmm. the enemy has a whole bunch of different things he can pour in there, doesn't right. he? Right. And, yep. and some of it's counterfeit stuff that looks exactly. right, right? Exactly. And a lot of that would be legalism. Hmm. Where we, because see, our old nature, by its very nature, if I could use this word twice, our old nature, by its very design, is performance oriented, yeah. is formula oriented, is rule oriented, because we want to find a way to make up for being ourselves, or as we fear ourselves to be. And that performance draws the law to us and draws us to the law. The law promises to give us the rules we need to be acceptable to God. You know, we've been going through a, a study for the past couple of weeks mm-hmm. of, of Galatians, mm-hmm. you know, Paul's Magna Carta of, mm-hmm. of, the, of the Christian faith. And it's so interesting to, to park on his theses about freedom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we tend to think in terms of, well, seven steps, you know, and that, that kind of freedom. Mm-hmm. But, but I think there's even a, a deeper 
sense there that maybe we're not experiencing in our Americanized version of, of Christianity. That is the tremendous freedom that we have in Christ and how, how the, the, the freedom that we have complements the old law. Mm-hmm. It complements it, but it is not restricted. It, it fulfills it. it. It fulfills it. Exactly. But, it, but not in the same form, in the opposite right. form. The law says here are a set of rules to follow. But rules are a substitute for relationship. Mm. By their very nature, rules are a substitute for relationship. So when we go with the rules, it's at the sacrifice of relationship with God. Without relationship, we can't have the grateful humility, that awe that says, wow. Like the, 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 uh, the, in the examples that, uh, in the recording earlier, yes. that people were willing to risk potential death in being honest. And that touched other people who in turn touched other people in turn touched other people. There's great power in that. But when instead we're busy trying to be good enough, our self-consciousness, our self-centered self-consciousness that fears there's something wrong cannot transform anything. And Jim, doesn't that go back to the knowledge of good and evil? Absolutely. Exactly. Because, and again, I I would love to hear more people speak about this impact, as Elaine just said, the impact of the knowledge of good and evil on us today. In the present, you know, uh, November, November, (laughs) July 2010. Bless your heart, it feels like it should still be. Sometimes, sometimes. But, but that knowledge of good and evil came with the fall, and it gave us a view that God never intended us to have. So when we try to be perfect, and we take our flashlight, we try to see exactly what the rules are, and try to follow them perfectly, we get more and more burdened down, more drained by the pressure of that, and so instead of grateful humility, we get a, either a sense of arrogant um, Pharisee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or we're crushed and feel despairing. Those are the two results of trying to be justified by your own actions. We will never be justified with God based on our own actions. It's not possible. You know, I think the enemy works that a little bit. Uh, you know, as, as as non-believers think, "Wow, why would I want to be born again? I got a bunch of rules I got to follow." Right. You know, I'm and and I think your point a minute ago, Elaine, we have the fall. Mm-hmm. No longer do we have that relationship uh, with God that the the humans once had, and so the law became that substitute. Correct. Uh, for for the relationship, mm-hmm. and then and then. Jesus, and then God says His Son, Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. and uh, things get. Uh, we have a new paradigm to work with there. Well, and the new paradigm, which to me is so amazing, is that grace is the only dynamic in the universe that can neutralize the toxic power of the knowledge of good and evil. Absolutely, it's the, the only thing that really can do it. Is. It's so amazing. It is amazing. And once you grasp mm-hmm. a hold mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. amazing grace. Amazing grace. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Let's talk a little bit. Of, I'm going to go back to mm-hmm. this legalistic thing for a moment mm-hmm. because there's something that we struggle with mm-hmm. uh, in the nonprofit world. Sure. You know, you, sure. you have business, you have nonprofits, mm-hmm. and you have nonprofits who are ministries. Mm-hmm. And what we can get so wrapped up in the legalism of mission statements and mm-hmm. business plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that we let our Americanized version of the 501c3 totally choke out what God wants to do in ministry because we get wrapped up in the in the legal part of it, in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the law. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Am I all wet or is it? No, I don't think you're all wet at all. I, I, I do think that it's it's difficult because in many areas, having a, a mission statement and, and bylaws and, and, and regulations, I'm in the process of, of, of shifting from a corporation to a sole proprietor. Mm. And I'm having to go through all this paperwork right now in, in that process. And, and it's like there's all these rules and regulations and all these I's that have to be dotted and T's that have to be crossed in order to shift from one designation to a different right. designation it has nothing to do with what I do in seeing people as coaching and, 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 and helping and teaching it has nothing to do with that, but the rules are there. And when the rules take precedence over the relationship of his nature, God's nature is relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say he's deep and simple, some people are kind of offended by that. But to me, it's the highest compliment I can think of for God that he would be so unfathomably deep and unfathomably simple because God is love in the fullest meaning of that word, simply love. How sad that they would be offended by that if they understood how deep and how Mm -hmm. wonderful what you Mm -hmm. just said to them really is. Mm Because we're the ones who complicate things. Mm -hmm. We can complicate till the cows come home, and we do. Mm -hmm. I love what you say in your best book, Jim. Um, And it's about on page, well, it starts at 179 when you talk about um, being born again and um, identity, because Mm -hmm. this is where the identity part comes in. You talk about spirituality being at the core of your own personal identity. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, talking about the higher power in Jesus Christ is, your, higher is power. your higher mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. and talking about where Paul states that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Mm-hmm. And all of this ties ties in, of course, into becoming uh, born again and becoming new. Mm-hmm. And see who me I'm not sure if this is going to be grammatically correct or not, but who me really, really is, yes. is him living in me when I'm born again. That's what it means. He is now back in the rightful place that I was originally created to have, and that is to be in relationship with God. So when I'm born again, he is in my heart. He is living in me. He wants to live through me. He wants to, when necessary, live for me. It's not about rules. It's about intimate sharing of my life experience. 
And when I have grown in that to a point where I can have that kind of abundance, then through me, he has another access to touch you through me. Mm -hmm. That's what he wants. It isn't a set of rules. It's a deepening relationship that we freely desire. Without that, he will not impose it. He will not impose it. We have to freely desire it. And I think that type of intimate relationship carries with it a, a risk, and of course that is the risk that he redirects us. He's, well, you know, yeah, he's smarter and, than we are. So he's going to be redirecting us all the time. And, and, but, and you know, go, going back to the I, I, the mission state, I'm not suggesting that we be anarchists here, mm-hmm. you know, in, 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 in terms of that. But I, I think we can we can become so wedded to the mission statements. And uh, I was talking about it the other day. Mm-hmm. What more than we need? Love God with your whole being and love your neighbor as yourself. What do we get about that? Well, why why do we have to make more mission statements? Isn't that a pretty good mission statement? Love well, God with your whole being. It's what God came love- up with. Well, that's I think right. it's a pretty good one. And and again, I'm not. I'm why do not, we have to reinvent the wheel? Yeah. Not yeah. not knocking mission yeah. statements. It's just that I think the emphasis when when that becomes the thing, and we don't allow God to provide mid course corrections because of that legal document, mm-hmm. I think we, we choke him out. And as a, as a pastor friend of ours says, Elaine, you know, we, we, get, we get the results of our best efforts and not the results of God's best right. efforts. In us. If you're not experiencing frequent mid-course correction, it's because you're having God as your co-pilot. You need to change chairs. Mm, yeah. Amen. You know, when God's your co-pilot, you need to change seats. Remember that bumper sticker first came out, God is my co-pilot? Mm. Remember saying that? I don't mm-hmm. know how many years ago that, mm-hmm. that was. But mm-hmm. uh, you, you're right. It's, uh, we need to change seats if that's, need to change that's seats. where we are. Yeah. And to do that means that's the reason the, one, the book I've been, <laughs> been working on for five years now, uh, <laughs> I'm Willing to Be a Fool for God. Mm-hmm. And, and the video, mm-hmm. free video on the website, the six chapters, Willing to Be a Fool for God. That's awesome. If I'm not willing to be a fool, meaning that as, as he changes, it's not that he's changing. He's consistent. Yes. My understanding yes. of him is what's changing. Right. It's not that God is suddenly doing a mid-course correction. Or a it's, U-turn. Or a U-turn. <laughs> yeah. It's that my understanding continues to deepen and he keeps allowing me moment by moment in the present moment to move in whatever direction is going to reach the goal that he has for me. And, that, and that's a lifetime process. Lifetime yeah. process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love what you say here. You say, I am a relational Christian with a focus on spiritual, spirituality relationship rather than religion. Mm-hmm. And I love when the two can go together. And I, that's what I love about you guys is that you, you, you put those together. Mm. But you're putting them together in the right order. Relationship makes religion come alive in relationship. Yes. Yeah. Religion will not create relationship, but relationship can create 
the kind of religion God intends his kids to have that's alive, that's responsive in the present moment to his leading, to his leading for our sake. Mm -hmm. And grace, I don't think, coexists well with legalism. Or let me reverse that. Legalism doesn't coexist well with grace. Uh, probably the second one is easier than the first because you can have the grace for someone who's legalistic, mm. but somebody who's legalistic Cannot will not be able yeah. to tolerate mm. the grace. Mm. Mm. It's messy. I, I was listening back to our, our, our last podcast uh -huh. from end of May um, about, you know, kept talking about how God's messy and at the very end it dawned on me what I'd been saying and it's not that God's messy it's my understanding of God yes that's unclear yeah. Yeah. but it's not tidy because God is not a blueprint he is a living relational being that's in active real time with us in the present moment we receive it as we can receive it. So it does seem messy. And, and he doesn't necessarily do the same thing in the same way. Or with the same person. Over the same person. Yeah. It's his wonderful creativity. Absolutely. That's the reason he says the hand is not the arm, is not the shoulder, is not the ear. There's room for all this, room for you guys to do what you do, for me to do what I do, for others to do what they do. They all work for his purposes if we're connected to him. And for his good pleasure. He is mm -hmm. an awesome God. Well, friends, if you've just tuned in, we are with Dr. Jim Hinman, and we'll be back with so much more in, in just a moment. When we think back on significant moments in our lives... <laughs>
third day, born again. You may be thinking about that first time when you accepted Christ into your life and just what that felt like for you. Here on Lighthouse Life, Pastor Mike Elaine and Dr. Jim Hinman and talking about born again and being saved and, and just what that identity means in our lives and Dr. Jim Hinman with us. And I tell you what, friends, if you don't have uh, yet in your library uh, the book yet that uh, Dr. Jim Henman has, we all have our copies of it. <laughs> Mine is very well used. Who's really driving your bus? You'll want to pick up a copy of it. And uh, Jim, I just uh, I want to thank you for writing this book and sharing with uh, the world, actually. Um, on page 181, you ask the question, who do you truly see yourself? to be at your core, how would you describe your true self? And I guess if we, you know, if everybody answered that, you might get, uh, you know, thousands of different questions. But we really can't avoid that key question if we're really going oh, to try to Oh, we have to, to have that question better, in order to be yeah. all that we can be. Mm-hmm. The difficulty is that, like we've talked a little bit, uh, touched on a little bit last time, and that is how often as Christians enter into recovery, they end up entering recovery through their old nature. Now, they're saved. They're saved. But their old nature begins to do the recovery. And their old nature does, in fact, get better with learning and the 12 steps and uh, the celebrate recoveries and the God's way out and the, the caring grace groups and the, the care support groups, therapy, coaching, different things. The old nature does get better, but at the very core of old nature is that fundamental belief there's something terribly wrong and broken and missing about me that I have to hide and make up for. And we're not knocking those programs. No, 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 no. It's not that those programs are doing that. But what happens is when you enter the program and you see, okay, here's what I need to do, the natural tendency that knowledge of good and evil does is, okay, so I'm supposed to do, I will do that. Okay, I'm supposed to be this way as a Christian. I'll put that on. I will wear that. But it's only on the surface, because at the heart, I still believe myself to be this wretched, um, all the attributes that were accurate descriptions of my old nature. When you ask a thousand Christians Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who they believe themselves to be at the core, they will often describe based on old nature attributes, Mm. old nature qualities. I'll tell you who I am. And when somebody says to me, gee, I don't, I don't know who I am. That I can answer. Even if they're not a Christian, I can still answer that. Because every living human being is becoming. That's who we are at the core. As a new creation, I'm becoming in his nature, in God's nature. I'm becoming in that. That's the freedom to be becoming. What we are seeing oftentimes in the churches, Mm -hmm. you know, from people who profess to be born again, Mm -hmm. we are seeing people, Jim, and you're seeing this too, walking around, many, many, many of us, with those masks Mm -hmm. on. And we Mm -hmm. are showing the world 
these masks. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. Well, in fact, we even feel obligated to have the mask so that we can be a good poster child for God. You know, God would want us to to make him look good. And so we, we feel an obligation to to put on a facade. Jesus never had a facade. No. And you know what happens when you wear a mask? You can never know whether or not you're being accepted as yourself or by the mask. So it actually increases the insecurity when you put on a mask. That's reason God has no room for masks. He wants intimate transparency right where we're starting. And that's where it gets messy. And that's where it gets messy. Because we're starting messy. Tidier if we can hide behind. It's masks. tidier, but it, 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 it freezes us yeah. in that disconnected state. We're not helping ourselves, and we're really not helping others if we're no. doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You were talking about expectations mm-hmm. uh, a few minutes ago, and, and just thought crossed my mind in, in, in legalism. A lot of that mm-hmm. in, in, mm-hmm. in the church. In legalism, there's the expectation of perfection, mm-hmm. whereas in a grace-filled uh, existence, there's the expectation of imperfection. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that we we can't mm-hmm. be perfect. Well, and that's where people will often, when Jesus said, "Be perfect, even as I'm perfect." Aha! See, He wants us to be perfect. Mm. But but to unwrap, as you would say, unwrap that. How was Jesus perfect? He was perfect. But how was he perfect? Was he trying to be perfect? No. Mm. Was he trying to make sure what all the rules were and all that? No. He was in perfect relationship with Abba, Father, Mm -hmm. with Papa. He was in perfect, loving relationship, and all I know is what I see my Father do. That was his perfection, and that's what he wants us to do, too. He just wants us to take the love he gives us freely, receive it imperfectly as best we can, turn and give that love that we do get from him, pour it into ourselves and out to others imperfectly. But as we do that pouring out and in, there's more room for him to pour his perfect love in, and we continue to transform from glory to glory to glory, not by trying to be good enough, Mm. but by having the freedom to start right where I'm at, at this moment, at this moment, right where I'm starting. Let's talk about when we mess up, Jim, because mm-hmm. we do mess up. Let's, mm-hmm. let's talk about when we mess up after we are born again. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just an opportunity to learn and grow. That's what a mess up is. It's an opportunity to learn and grow. In the thousands and thousands and thousands of times that I've messed up in the 30-some years of being a Christian, you know, he's <laughs> putting it in context, Got not it, one, got oh it. boy, you know, it's the truth. And and that's not humility, that's accuracy. But not one time did, did Jesus ever say to me, you know, I am so sick and tired of you messing up. You know, when are you going to get it, Jim? You know, how many times have I had to tell you this? I am such a, I'm so disappointed in you, Jim. You know, I, I'm so sick of you right now. I, I want, I'm going to turn my back on you until you get better. Not one time in all those 30-some years 
with thousands of opportunities for him to say that, often for the same thing over and over. Not one time what he has always said to me is, Jimbo, Jimbo, I love you right where you're starting. Let me help guide you if you'd like. Would you like some help? Would you like to see a different way? And of course, at that moment, yeah, I would. (laughs) But only if I'm free to be transparent can I really receive it. If I have to put a mask on, I can't receive his help. The mask prevents me from even acknowledging that I need his help. You see? And that, that process often involves pain. I was often. just going to say, mm-hmm. what about the pain? And, and, and you, you use a, a wonderful, and, and the reason it hit me right now is, mm-hmm. um, you know, now that I've finished my master's a couple of years mm-hmm. ago, I'm having fun just reading anything. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. how that is? I, oh, I do. Remember that? Where do you mm-hmm. just write, you know, so, so I, I read The Hunt for Red October oh, by yeah. Tom Clancy. Oh, Clancy, but, sure. And then I rented the movie this weekend with Sean, Con- Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> to, and, it, was, it was a wonderful weekend. I just loved it. The nuclear submarines, that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 that sort of thing. But it would have brought to mind is you often use uh, the example of submarine compartments mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, as, as kind of the pain blockers, mm-hmm. we, we put stuff into submarine compartments. Unpack that for mm-hmm. us a little bit. What, what does that do to us? And, and well, it gets back to get expectations. We have the expectation that if there is pain, it must mean there's something wrong. Mm. And pain is a natural part of living. Now, it doesn't mean that we like pain or want pain. It's not reasonable to want it. But when we block the pain, the analogy I've used in some of the talks, if if you have a 30-unit pain and you block it, you'll have that 30 units of pain forever. Days, weeks, months, years, that 30 units that's been pushed down to 30 units will stay forever. Whereas the original pain, which may have been a 60 or a 70, the initial pain, if we embrace it, which is only possible, I, for me personally, it's only possible to embrace that 60, 70 unit pain if I know that my big brother's got me. Mm. And he's right there with me. And if it's a sad kind of pain, he's in tears right there with me. We both have Kleenexes. If it's, if it's, if it's more pain kinds of things, that he's comforting me. He cares that I'm hurting. I know all, all three of you have felt pain before. When you know that someone cares about that pain, that is wanting to help relieve that pain, through loving and nurturing you, it, that pain feels different. I'm not my pain. And my pain does have an impact on me. Sure. We treat it as if it, we are the pain. And it's not the truth. He, he wants to enter those airtight compartments. The only way healing can take place. The reason marriages 
Christian marriages are right up there with secular marriages in terms of divorce rates is all the stuff that's been packed in those submarines over years of resentment, building up hurts, slights that have happened, disappointments that have happened, and they reach a certain critical mass, there's no room in the submarine for any joy, any real pleasure. And, and the broken parts are still there. We're just They're having, still there. We're, we're blocking the nerve endings so we don't nerve feel endings. what's broken. So we have yeah. to mm-hmm. embrace the pain. Mm-hmm. We can't just get there Well, what quickly. we don't realize <laughs> is that, well, what we don't realize is that when we block the pain, the result of blocking the pain is a sense of nothingness. Because mm. that's what happens when you scoop out, like a melon scoop, you scoop out a painful, you block it, a painful situation. You block that painful situation. It's like scooping it out and putting it in Tupperware. It stays in a timeless fashion. That's why it will stay as 30 units for an endless length of time because it it will continue hurting. It continues hurting even though it's pushed down. It it occurs to me, and and we've had these discussions, uh, Elaine, many times here at ABC and, and in our uh, in our Bible studies as well. You know, I, I think we do a disservice, and I'm talking about the church corporately uh, mm-hmm. today. We make salvation the thing. Mm-hmm. We make going to heaven the thing. Mm-hmm. And we really don't unpack all the rest of it about the growth and the lifestyle and the becoming. We leave that out, and so we give people, I think, a very... Well, we, we, we leave it out, but we expect it to happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we leave it exactly out, right. and yet we expect it to happen. Right. So in, I think sometimes we, we kind of do a bait and switch almost on, on people. Mm-hmm. We really don't tell them the, the, you know, the full story. Although mm-hmm. I don't know how, how, you, how you, but you do that. But there, there's the expectation, I think, um, that, that when we introduce someone uh, you know, to the Lord, I think there has to be a commitment for the long haul. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. certainly Paul was committed to the long haul with those churches that he mm-hmm. he planted and and the wonderful letters that he uh, that, that yeah, he. I'm wrote. not sure who, who who which culture had this, but there was a culture. I'm sure you know this that if you save a life, you are responsible for that life. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Right. You know, and so as a Christian, when when if I if I bring you to the Lord. I, I, I've adopted you as my brother for life. Right. Yeah. It's not a it's not a moment and then okay now let's get some more numbers somewhere else. It it's a lifetime relationship. As God intends it anyway. Boy, that's sobering, isn't it? It really yeah. is. I mean, I'm yeah. taking a pause here. I can, right. I can that, that around is, the world really, as this know. podcast is going out, I can actually feel that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And the cards and letters are, are mm-hmm. going to come up. But know, that is powerful. The, the, word, yeah. the word that some Christians may be thinking of is discipleship. The word community comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Caring mm-hmm. for someone. Um, that's that, that's sure. kind of special. Well, and, and again, it gets all back to what does it mean to be born again in the first place? Yeah. Because if I am born again, then it's him living through me that is taking a responsibility of having relationship with you from this point forward. It's him through me. 
that's actually doing it. Well, when you think Jesus saving us, he didn't leave us out there on that's our right. own. He's taking care of mm-hmm. us. And he brought the great comforter. And the, he sent the Holy Spirit. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yes, the paraclete. Mm-hmm. That's the, right. The teacher. I, I don't know if uh, you guys, if we have time, uh, when we were talking about the sadness and the pain, there is this awesome, awesome poem in, uh, in Jim's book. And if we have time, I, I would like to just. Share I love this. that poem. That'd be this, great. This is wonderful. It just touched my heart. Can I? Can I share this? Absolutely. Joint? It says, "I look upon your heart and see your sadness. I search your soul and know its despair. You turn to me but cannot find the words to pray. You look to me but cannot find the song to sing. Do not worry, child of mine. I know all that is within you, and I understand." For now, your silence will be a prayer to me and your tears an offering. I do not wish for you to act a part. I do not require a spiritual charade. But bring me instead your true feelings. Your brokenness is what I wait for. And I will meet you in the silence. There I will stay with you and heal your heart. And later, when the music has returned to your life, you will look back in love and recall this silent song we sang together, God, author is unknown. Isn't that amazing? Mm. That is so amazing. I love that. And see, our Western thinking particularly thinks, boy, God's making a bad trade. He wants our junk. He wants our, mm. our pain. He wants our, our, our sin. He wants our all that. Why does he want all that messiness? It's because he knows we are not our messiness. Yeah. Our messiness is what we do. It's not who we are. As a new creation, I am not my old nature. There's an amazing thing in, in, in terms of leverage. If I am my old nature, then there's no place to get leverage to produce change. But as a new creation... With my old nature driving, as it still does at times. That's not who I am. When my old nature, and this is not a cop out, this isn't a Flip Wilson, you know, the devil made me do it, the devil made me do it, you know. It, it's not a cop out. It's not, a, but it's, it's, it's true that it's no longer who I am. It's not who I am. Therefore, who I am, even if I'm not behind the wheel at the moment, there's still leverage for him through me to be his ambassador Mm -hmm. to that old nature to begin providing the supervision, the guidance, and the support that God intends for us. You know, friends, there is, I mean, we, we always touch the tip of the iceberg oh, here, Jim, with you. and uh, But you can plumb the depths uh, very easily by going to a wonderful website that yes, Jim has. Yes. It's www.careforyou.com. Now, let me spell care for you. This is important. Mm-hmm. Okay, the letters stand for Changing Attitudes in Recovery, C-A-I-R-4-F-O-R-U-Y-O-U.com. 
So it's careforyou.com, C-A-I-R, for you.com. And there is just a wealth of wow. great nuggets you must go on that website. Free nuggets. Free nuggets, nuggets even. No and, cost. And, uh, and, uh, just, Except just the energy to chew on it. Yeah, yeah well, and, 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 uh, the, and, and and approach it with grace, mm-hmm. you know. Approach it, approach it with a lantern as you look at your. Approach it with a lantern, not a flashlight. And and Jim, thank you for making yes, these resources yes. available to us. I, I don't know where the time goes when you're here. It's just like it can't be over yet. But uh, are we there? You are. Oh my there, gosh! Yes. Hey, we we got about sixty seconds left here, <laughs> Jim. And you know God's timing is forever, but ours unfortunately is is somewhat. Uh, uh, Bounded. He wants us to be real mm. and transparent where we're starting and realizing that who we are is becoming in Him. Yeah. That will never change. We will always be becoming in Him. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us once My again. Pleasure. And you know you have to come back. You're welcome here anytime. Thank you, dear friends, for listening wherever you are. And uh, may God continue to bless your lives as you reach out and love others as you love yourselves. And join us again next time. 